weekday. Set the first button on your car radio for South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. All right, let me get in one more call, and then I need the last five minutes. I want to do a preamble to Mayor Small's appearance so that we can get right into it. So what you hear me share in about four minutes will be very instructive to what we will be doing four minutes later uh, right after the top of the hour break when we are joined by Atlantic City Mayor Marty Small. Welcome to the program. You're on the air. Good morning. Mayor, uh, I don't know if you covered it about the uh, the three governors and possibly the four governors, but the uh, the first one was that very strong admonition in Virginia that everybody has to wear a mask, and then the governor was out on the beach with yeah, no mask. Correct. With, with people with no mask. Do me a favor. I, I did cover it, but I want you to do the rundown because I did it generically. I said the Michigan uh, governor's husband in his boat. Uh, I said they're all frauds and liars when I was talking to the Northfield councilman because I covered Fredo Cuomo, who had COVID-19 and actually uh, went outside and did not have a mask on. And it goes on and on. But, all right, so you got the first one, that, that absolute fraud governor of the Commonwealth of Virginia. I can't stand that guy. You talk about a guy that flipped his script uh, when he just um, was facing absolute ruination and of course democrats can get away with anything all right so you got him he he's a fraud keep going well i'm saying to add to him is the the uh, abortion after after the birth after birth yeah. abortion leave yeah. the baby comfortable yet we're going to try to save lives yeah it doesn't it doesn't wash ralph and the black face with with this stuff and uh, right. the thing in michigan what i would do if i was the local sheriff i would say uh, someone tried to come up here and uh, put undue influence on us, our, our county, and this boat owner or marine owner. And I would say uh, we're going to set a, a trial date or a, a hearing date for July 25th, but we're going to hold the boat as evidence. I'd do it. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. But of course, that person. Then, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right. And, uh, All right. So that's two. And, and two out of two. Her, 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 her explanation and her lies, first of all, she denied it. And second one, right. he was telling a joke. So, Harry, let me understand. By the way, let me, let me go back. She denied it. She said it was fake news. Then she was busted, and she said it was a joke. She's a joke. Right. So in that, the second part of it, would you get in your car, the uh, uh, Hurley one? Thank you. And travel up to uh, maybe Valley Forge, Pennsylvania, just to tell a joke? No. No, no. She was busted, and she lied, and then busted again, and she told another lie. It's what they do. They lie. They're good at it. Well, they're not very good at it, because they always get caught, but they get away with it. Clo one. Closing minute. Go. What's the last one? Okay, first, uh, Gab uh, two more. Gavin, Gavin Newsom, July 15th for L.A. County. Are you kidding me? They'll be, uh, they'll be closed by then. And then, and the final one is our governor um, uh, with the repercussions. The language he used there will be repercussions. Really? How about the stuff that you guys made mistakes with? Will there be repercussions? Also, too, if you're in the the game of, if you think you're doing the right thing, you do it, even if you're flaunting federal law. I mean, for example, sanctuary states are unlawful by federal law the states that do them do them anyhow they're violating willfully federal law their own acts of disobedience marijuana is 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 a um 
illegal drug at the federal government level. You're not even supposed to handle money, the, the weed, and nothing, but they get away with it. So why can't counties or, loca- or, or municipalities say, we want to open our church and we're going to be safe? Uh, why, don't, why don't they do it? Uh, what the, the state drops the hammer? Well, they'd be first ones crying if the federal government says you're, you have forfeited federal funds because you sign in any federal funds uh, application that you will not violate federal law. And they get to go to courts and then they get the money anyhow because these crooked Democrat judges just flip the script. Even when you bust them uh, without any question, so there you go. You got them all in, and now I can get the thing I have to get in. Dan, uh, Dan thank you very much. So here's what we wrote yesterday: a straight news story, pri- hours and hours and hours prior to the press conference at five o'clock last night. Which sidebar? What a joke! It is that press conference is the laughing stock of Atlantic City right now. Headline, Councilwoman and Challenger set to make allegations against Small. In a major breaking news early in the morning exclusive, I had learned and confirmed that second ward Atlantic City Councilwoman Latoya Dunstan, mayor, mayoral candidate Pam Fields, and Tom Forkin. And honestly, I, I learned Tom Forkin is like really didn't even want to be a part of it. He just got brought into it. Uh, but the first two, absolutely enthusiastic. And really, you just have to consider it's a challenger of Mayor Small uh, and, and someone that Mayor Small doesn't uh, have much good to say about. So they were set to hold a 5 p.m. press conference last night, and they did. And it was, it was, um, it was different. I want to be polite. It was different. They will be presenting federal Hatch Act charges, and they will also be filing an official misconduct complaint against Small with the New Jersey Attorney General. Craig Calloway is not directly involved with those who are uh, filing this two-prong approach, but he is very familiar with the process that they are pursuing. Calloway appeared live yesterday morning to discuss the allegations in advance of last night's press conference. The goal is to have Small reprimanded by the United States Office of Special Counsel, which handles federal Hatch Act violations. Hatch Act regulates activities as to how elected and appointed officials may and may not engage in the political process. Callaway also confirmed that they have an extensive audio recording of Small. I discussed the situation with Small, who said, quote, they came into my campaign headquarters and taped a conversation without my knowledge. Small told me that there is nothing on the recording that will incriminate him in any wrongful way. Callaway alleged on air this morning that Small had city employees perform campaign duties for him on city taxpayer time. If proven, this would be a problem for Small. Small directly denied the allegations to me. Callaway advised that the official misconduct allegation is centered around Small, quote, having city employees working on his campaign on city time. Small acknowledged to me that he was talking unfavorably about Dunstan on the audio recording, but that he didn't say anything that would rise to the level of a Hatch Act violation or official misconduct. Small learned about the audio recording over the Memorial Day weekend and immediately responded to it during his own colorful Facebook Live event. Callaway is convinced that they've caught Small in multiple Hatch Act violations and a criminal act. Small says no way. Callaway says that the audio recording proves all. Callaway also said that they know the identities of the city employees who they alleged 
worked on Small's mayoral campaign while allegedly on the city time clock. Small says it never happened. The accusers will have the opportunity to introduce their case, and it was last night at 5 p.m., but you've learned a lot about it in advance by listening to Hurley in the Morning and reading about it here at WPGTalkRadio.com in advance. When we come back in just four minutes, the man I was just speaking about, the mayor of Atlantic City, Marty Small, will join us next in a Hurley in the Morning exclusive. Brian Cahill is going to join us for the first segment of the 9 o'clock hour. And we'll have open forum and your calls for the remainder of the program from 9.20 until 10.06 this morning. Thanks for waking up early in the morning. A lot of great content straight ahead. It's only halftime. 609-407-1450. That is our phone number when we have you ready to go in open forum. We love that. And we continue. It's halftime. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Mayor Small standing by next. I guess Small is going to go big on the Hurley in the Morning program. 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, WPGG Atlantic City, WENJ 97.3, HD3 Millville. Will the weather cooperate? I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. That is the big question at the Kennedy Space Center ahead of this afternoon's historic launch. Fox's Evan Brown is live in Florida. Now, Dave, Elon Musk's SpaceX has been spending the past decade getting ready to fly humans. Today is the first test flight with NASA's Doug Hurley and Bob Behnken. NASA's Deputy Administrator James Moorhart is excited to see it finally happen. And they're ready to fly. And, uh, you know, our job is to make sure that they fly safely. And we're doing everything we can to make sure that we accomplish that. Uh, it marks the return of human spaceflight from American soil. They launch from Pad 39A at the Kennedy Space Center, the same from which the shuttles and Apollo 11 blasted off, Dave. Evan, President Trump will fly down there to watch the launch after a White House meeting with New York Democratic Governor Andrew Cuomo amid his push to get states to lift more coronavirus restrictions. Always be safe. You want to be safe. We're opening up, but you want to be safe. The president's firing off more tweets this morning, critical of Twitter, fact-checking him for the first time. Twitter adding a fact-check warning to a series of President Trump's tweets in which he suggests that mail-in ballots would lead to voter fraud. A blue notice under the post states, get the facts about mail-in ballots linking users to a Twitter fact check page with links and news articles. Fox's Kristen Goodwin in his tweets, the president wrote, will strongly regulate or close them down before being silenced by social media. Outrage in Minneapolis. Prosecute the police! No justice, no peace! A big protest including people throwing rocks, breaking police windows until they were pepper sprayed and tear gassed. They're angry about a black man's death Monday night as George Floyd struggled with police who were trying to arrest him. Cell phone video recorded Joe Floyd detained on the ground with one of the officers kneeling on his neck for several minutes. Floyd struggles to yell out, I can't breathe, multiple times before he's silent. Christina Palladino with Fox 9 TV in Minneapolis. The police chief has fired four officers in this criminal investigation. America's listening to Fox News. I've always wanted to learn another language, but every time I try, it never sticks. So I decided to give Babbel a try, and I really like the teaching method of the app. I started with the beginner lesson on Babbel, and it starts with simple words and phrases, and soon you're putting those words into a conversation. Each lesson takes about 10 to 15 minutes, and they're all really different, which keeps things interesting. The app is really smart. It actually keeps track of the words I'm struggling with so I can practice them and get better. I chose Babbel because it was created by real language teachers. 
They built it around real life, how people actually communicate and what they care about. I can't wait to use my new language skills in the real world. Dos cervezas, por favor. <laughs> With Babbel, get conversational in Spanish, French, German, and more. It just takes 10 to 15 minutes a day. Now try Babbel free. Just go to Babbel.com or download the Babbel app and start learning a new language today. That's Babbel.com. B-A-B-B-E-L.com. WBG Talk Radio 95.5 Weather from Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero. For the most part, today looks similar to yesterday. Morning fog, then some clouds. Our high temperature ends up around 73 degrees. With partly to mostly cloudy skies, I think we stay dry during the day. And then a shower is possible late tonight. Probably another round of fog, too. Low of 65. Lots of clouds tomorrow, and again, a chance of a shower. High of 74. And then Friday is going to get pretty steamy. High of 78 with a few showers and thunderstorms. That chance of rain will extend into early Saturday morning. I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thanks very much. It is four minutes past the hour. Atlantic City Mayor Marty Small is going to join us. We're going to initially talk about these allegations, then we're going to move on uh, to more important matters. Uh, when I first heard about it, I thought, wow, if you've got audio that says that Small had city employees working on his mayoral campaign on the city dime, on city time. Wow, that's a problem. And then, of course, it would ripple not just from to a Hatch Act violation, but also to a criminal referral to the New Jersey Attorney General, which I think is the um, the plans of, of the... Uh, it's really two people. I feel bad for uh, Tom Forkin because I, I don't even think he's really involved. Uh, but definitely the second ward councilwoman, Latoya Dunstan, and Marty's main rival. Although I'll tell you, you know, I keep forgetting the name of the third person. The third person's resume is deep. I didn't realize until I looked into this individual uh, the positions that they have held. Uh, in their past, but the way the process works politically, it it it's very very tough to beat the line. The only way you really beat the line uh, in Atlantic City is if you're Lorenzo Langford, George Tibbet, Amarty Small. I mean, you you got to have you've got to have a lot of gravitas. You you've got to have super name recognition. It's very, very challenging anywhere, but in particular, a city like Atlantic City. It's not a monolith. I mean, you got to earn it. But if you're in that regular Democratic column, it's tough. It's tough to uh, to beat that. In the Craig Calloway era, off the line is is not fatal if you have him. But I want to talk briefly about what I now believe to be an unserious allegation. When you first hear things and you hear that it's on tape, Small admits he has city employees 
on his mayoral campaign, on the city dime, on city time. It looks serious, right? I, I, I've listened to as much as I can listen to. I haven't heard anything that says that. I hear people saying that it says that, but I don't hear it saying that. Mayor Small, welcome to Hurley in the Morning. How are you, sir? Um, good morning, Harry, and good morning to your listening audience. And it's a great day here in the city of Lansing. Good stuff. So I want to just talk about this thing very briefly. Um, I, I didn't hear, I've heard a lot of audio. I, I've really tried to be fair and balanced about this thing, even my affection for you aside. And I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. But I didn't hear anything that said that city employees were working on city time on your mayoral campaign. Am, am I missing that on the tape, or does it simply not exist, Mr. Mayor? All right. Um, and like I told you, I don't want to give life to the lifeless, and uh, it just didn't happen, Harry. And listen, take it from someone who was, unbeknownst to them, recorded, you know, for four and a half months, and they didn't get anything on the tape. I don't live my life like that. And I'm just focused on, uh, you know, making Atlantic City the best place that it possibly can be. And I leave uh, that other stuff to other people. But I'm not going to entertain it. All right. But but I, I appreciate the fact you just said it didn't happen. So that 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 does, that is a conversation which ends it because you say it didn't happen. They say it happened. They're going to have to be able to prove that. I haven't seen anything yet or heard anything yet that would prove it and i would i'm glad you brought up the fact that you were actually um you had surveillance on you for four and a half months how many people out there listening could could make it through four and a half months with every word that you say uh in front of a certain person being recorded and then not have one single thing that's pretty um it's actually pretty impressive all right so you opened up with my my very very good friend marchie antonio the president and the chief executive officer of, of Resorts Casino Hotel in Atlantic City in a more subdued Memorial Day weekend than we've ever had. You in your entire life, me in 42 years, I mean, the casinos closed for business. Shocking, actually, and I hope that changes soon. But uh, what was it like, the, the, the sort of subdued version, you, Mayor, the president of Resorts, and, and that great tradition that they, they've been doing for years, and the chief of the beach patrol. How did it go? Yes, I mean it, it was it was a good time. Obviously, like you said, it was subdued. I mean, it was it was a weird feeling. I mean, because you saw you know throughout the years the large crowds at resorts, the beach balls, you know, the pomping circumstances, and um, like I was telling one of the media outlets, and I said, "Well, this feels funny because this is really." just ceremonial, no pun intended, that we're oh, quote, opening our beaches and we never they they never were closed uh during the pandemic. And, you know, normally that kicks off the season where, you know, people are flocking to Atlantic City, you know, every weekend. It's 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 the busiest time of year and, you know, because of what we have going on, um, you know, we can't do that. But um, like I said, earlier that morning, you know, we gave a little indication, um, effective this Friday, we are going to allow short-term rentals, um, online marketplace rentals, such as Airbnb, and we're uh, opening up the hotels. I called the governor's office. Um, I'm trying to see um, what our options are 
with some type of uh, open container law. So that's a little breaking news uh, for you, Harry, um, uh, with the open container law and the fact that, you know, if you can go into a liquor store, you can go into a Home Depot, you know, why can't um, people have the option if they want to go in some of these small businesses? Um, a lot of, lot of my curbside, you got to talk to people through a window and, you know, just step by step as the governor starts to open up things and people out there have to realize, you know, we can, you know, want to do certain things, but uh, the state's executive order supersedes that. So where we can make decisions uh, where the state has no say, we've been making those decisions and, you know, slowly but surely we'll get back. But at the same time, we have to manage expectations. I know you see, videos out there from other parts of the country that it's like uh, nothing ever happened but you know we're not going to do that here in the city of atlantic city we're going to take this seriously and keep an eye on the future because every health expert says that um by um you know the fall and the winter this version of the coronavirus uh supposed to get worse and remember the death toll that they projected uh they said by august it would be a hundred thousand people and we're north of a hundred thousand as we speak. So, you know, and, and, in due time, we'll get this economy going. We'll get people back to work. And like I told everyone, this is Atlantic city. This is what we do. We're resilient. And, um, you know, we're the ultimate comeback story. And this time isn't going to be any different. You just broke some very important news. The short-term rental thing is a very, you know, this mayor, it's a very big deal in Atlantic city. Uh, so people are going to get very, very busy about that because real estate is doing well right now, but things you weren't able to do, uh, you just couldn't do. There, there is such a pent-up demand, I believe, for the short-term rental. That, that is, um, that's big news. That's very encouraging news, Mayor. Yes. And, and I can tell you this, and that's because we have a proactive uh, plan. You know, we have a policy group that focuses on all phases of reopenings. Um, you know, we're constantly, you know, um, bouncing things off of each other. You know, what do you think? And like I said, that was a decision that we made to give it a try. However, I also said if, you know, things get out of hand within two weeks or so, we'll revisit it and take it from there. But um, Dell Finch's office has been bombarded uh, with requests because at, at that press conference, I told him, I said, if anyone is found operating an Airbnb illegally, they won't be able to do business in the city of Atlantic City any longer. So we want to hold people accountable, um, you know, get some people here in Atlantic City, and hopefully, you know, things will start to open in this due time. I'm all about um, doing this right, the safe and responsible way. Um, and, you know, let's just see where that goes. Mayor, I'm taking notes, I wanna, I, I, and I want to confirm something. Did you say that the short-term rentals will be permitted effective this Friday? Effective Friday. Got it. I, I knew I heard it right. I just wanted not, to make Not, not, and, 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 and let me make it clear, not that they can just make a reservation. People can stay in those Airbnbs and stay in the hotels. Right, you but but it, but before you couldn't do it. So the the news is the fact that that is now open for business as of Friday. You can entertain a short term rental in Atlantic City, is what you're saying. Yes, Executive Order Number Two. Good. I want to write that down too. Excellent. Very very good. 
uh, when when you take this sort of day at a time, but yet you're planning out further, certainly than than a day or this week. Uh, how confident are you about the casinos opening? in the relative near future, and I, I, I don't want to jade the question here and, and, and bias it, but they've got to open soon, Mayor, or there's big big trouble that's going to happen. Some some may not make it if they don't open soon. What are your thoughts about that? I mean, obviously, you know, we're empathetic and sympathetic uh, to the situation on the casinos, and uh, once a week I'm on a call with the governor's office and well, actually twice a week, once it's with, um, you know, basically Atlantic County and Cape May County. And another time is just uh, short towns uh, in the state of New Jersey. And that was my question of where does the casinos fall in? Because that's the 800 pound gorilla. And, you know, the information I got, which the governor said publicly, is that, you know, we're not just um, we're not there yet. <clears throat> Um, what, what, what he's doing is he said that the casinos have a couple of negative, uh, in- indicators, like, you know, no windows, but I can rest assured to you and your listening audience every single Friday, we're on a call on that call is Steve calendar, who is the, uh, president of the casino association. Um, Jim Pelosi, who is the um, head of the CCC and, uh, Dave Reba, who is the head of the DGE. And, you know, we talk, we talk about plans. We talk about what the opening looks like and, you know, how do they deal with other areas of the casinos, social distancing, such as restaurant. Is it every three slot machines and every two slot machines? So discussions are being had. And I could tell you this, that, um, the date will be in advance. You can't just say, um, you know, Harry, all right, for arguments for the story sake, you can't say that. We're opening up the casinos on Friday today. You can't do that. Yeah, they, they've said, I've interviewed them, uh, Mayor. They, they need two weeks to ramp up. Yes, yes, two yeah. weeks to, to, uh, to train the employees, yeah. you know, to get the marketing um, and everything going. But as I stated many times, we just got to make sure that it's safe to do so. Um, though, you know, this, this area, Atlantic County, Atlantic City, um, hasn't been hit hard. Um, in the grand scheme of things, as you see numbers uh, throughout the state from different municipalities and uh, counties up in the northern part of the state, we still can't take this land down because, remember, Atlantic City is a worldwide destination. You don't know who is coming from where, who had it, who has it, etc. That's why I'm happy that uh, my administration has taken the proactive approach and expanded the testing. And, you know, we want to call with Judy Perchikili, um, who's the uh, Commissioner of Health, before last Wednesday's council meeting. She was so impressed uh, with our plan. She was so impressed how we execute in that plan. And, you know, the state has lifted a lot of the restrictions from testing. So now, and this is for Atlantic City residents and first responders, now you don't need any symptoms to get tested. You don't need a prescription to get tested because the order is the prescription. And all you have to do is go to www.cityofatlanticcity.org and you'll be tested. But they were particularly interested in the data that we presented on that conference call that our walk-up sites have done, you know, time and time over again better than our drive-up sites, which was surprising. So in its next uh, phase, 
instead of two and two, two days a week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, um, the walk-up site at Showboat um, parking lot, which is on between Atlantic, Pacific, Delaware, Maryland, the walk-up site will be held there. And then on uh, Friday, we kept one day available at Beta Field um, in the Surf Stadium parking lot for drive-up. Mayor, quick two-minute break. That uh, You never know what you don't know, because if you said to me and gave me an open book, you're just a pop quiz, hey, we're doing uh, the, um, and we broke this story uh, thanks to you, hey, we're doing the uh, walk-up and we're doing the, the drive-through at Bader Field. Which do you think does more? I would have gone with the drive-through. I wouldn't even have had to think about it. So it goes to show you, sometimes you think you know something, uh, and then the truth is something altogether different. Atlantic City Mayor Marty Small continues in two minutes. With Marty, I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Catch Bill O'Reilly and the O'Reilly Update tonight at 758, 858, and 958. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. 21 minutes past the hour, Atlantic City Mayor Marty Small is our guest. Mayor, as you, uh, it's it's going to be here before we know it. I mean, June is just a few days away, and then the um, July 7th, I guess it is. Let me look at my calendar. You would know. Yeah, July 7th uh, election, and, and it will be an all-vote-by-mail election, correct, Mr. Mayor? Yes, all-vote-by-mail. And they'll have the one, I think, they'll have the one polling place at 1313 Atlantic uh, that they did for the... Um, for those that are disabled, hearing impaired, disabled, uh, so they'll have that. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, how do you think you stand right now as a candidate for re-election? Well, listen, Harry, um, you know, we took over the city in a crisis a short seven months ago. We've stabilized government. Um, pre-coronavirus, you know, we were implementing a lot of things that, you know, we said we were going to do. We said that we were going to be transparent out in the open. Um, my leadership theme when I came in was an acronym-based theme, and these were the elements that I was going to govern by, and it was called Let's Ace It, and LED stands for Leadership, Expectations, Transparency, and Stability, and A stands for Accountability, Credibility, and Excellence and Execution, because we always want to excel. It does no one any good to have all these big plans, and you don't have the vision and the personnel uh, to execute that plan. So um, I'm extremely excited. And, you know, we're going on the issues. And when you look at what we've done for the good people in the, uh, the city of Atlantic City uh, during these difficult times, we've been out front from day one. We issued that emergency declaration March 12th. And that's, that's kudos to the team and the staff uh, that I have around me. Um, as you said many times over, we were able to deliver two coronavirus testing sites. We just extended the testing for another 30 days. We were able to give uh, hot meals to senior citizens, 3,780 senior citizens of senior and disabled buildings and development in Atlantic City with the low income criteria. Um, we'd be feeding them hot meals twice a week. We just extended that another 30 days. And then when you look at 
um, children not being able to recreate themselves uh, properly during these times due to social distancing. Um, you know, we partnered up with uh, Metro Sports. Um, they got approved last week by uh, city council, thanks to Council President uh, George Tibbetts' leadership, um, who sponsored the measure. And, um, you know, we're just off to a good start. We want to just talk about, you know, the things that we want to continue to do. We want to stay focused on this campaign and let people know why um, a small plan um, you know, makes a big difference and that they need to dream big and vote small. We're uh, visiting with Atlantic City Mayor Marty Small. This is something I, I, I know, and you know that I know, and I know that you know that it's a separately elected board, but you were on the board. I know you have an affinity for education. You held a dean's position at a, at a, a very uh, high-quality learning institution. Um, so I know I know education is very near and dear to you. Your wife is a great principal. I could go on and on. Hopefully she'll be a great superintendent. Oh, did I just say that? Uh, Atlantic City School Board President John Devlin uh, broke a story with me yesterday. We broke it at WPGTalkRadio.com, and I'm going to read it. It's, it's John's release. John Devlin, president of the Atlantic City Board of Education, has shared the following news regarding outdoor graduation ceremonies. Mayor, I was thrilled to uh, to hear this. And it reads as follows. Now that the governor has permitted outdoor graduation ceremonies starting after July 6th, I've asked the administration to coordinate in-person ceremonies for high school and middle school. These live graduation ceremonies will be in addition to the virtual tributes for the class of 2020. As soon as the dates for the July in-person outdoor graduation ceremonies are scheduled, they will be announced. All further details will come at the next school board meeting. Thank you for your patience and support as we, as a district, to give our graduates the time-honored celebrations that they deserve, said the board president, John Devlin. So I, I, I know where your heart would be at with something like this. Uh, also, I can imagine, because I, I officiated you a lot during your career, imagine being told in your senior year that and you were going going to be going on to college where you had a Hall of Fame career. Imagine being told you're not playing. I know you love school, but I know you love to play for the Atlantic City High School Vikings too, Mayor. Imagine being told that you're not playing. Your season is wiped out. I, I've said a few times on this uh, program. I was very very blessed to be the number one distance runner at Atlantic City High School during my era, and I couldn't imagine being told by Frank Campo or George Dennis that you're not you can't run this season the season is off this has been devastating for our student athletes so i want to get you on the record in terms of at least it'll be after the fact and it'll be in july but at least the opportunity to have a real graduation to have that not stolen from the students i think is tremendous mayor your thoughts Yes, um, it's definitely tremendous. Um, I could tell you, um, I happen to know a principal very well. Uh, we're roommates. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Um, and, and, you know, my wife and her team, you know, has been planning, you know, has been planning, you know, different alternatives of what they look like, possibility of combined graduations. And I'm just thrilled that, you know, they'll get their chance to, you know, walk across that stage. Um, that's a that's a defining moment in everyone's lives. 
when your family can be there. You know, a lot of people go through the ups and downs uh, through school, um, have setbacks, and they reach that culmination and understand everyone is not going to go to college because college isn't for everyone. Yeah. So that's that final school moment for some people. And as I stated, you know, it's a lot of people overcome a lot of adversity to get to that point. And I'm just glad that, you know, they'll be able to be uh, properly recognized. And I couldn't imagine, um, you know, going without sports, period, whether I like school or not. It, 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 How it, would you now I got to take you back to your 17 years old, probably if you got told your senior season was wiped out. Tell me, I mean, we can say at this stage of our lives, you know, we might process something differently, but at that that would have been absolutely beyond heartbreaking. Would it not have taking that news? Absolutely. I mean, you know, devastating, you know, beyond belief. Yeah. And that's something that it can hurt some of these kids because though some people commit to colleges, I mean, um, commit, um, you know, years in advance, a couple years in advance, you know, what about that person that says, okay, well, I got this offer from a small division one school. I had a strong summer on the AAU circuit. I'm going to hedge my bet and I'm going to commit after my senior season. I yep. mean, yeah, you've actually taken the last look of that student athlete away and you're right, it could be very damaging. Yes. So, um, just, just uh, you know, thank God that, you know, this is happening, you know, for those seniors who, you know, who deserve it. And not only the seniors, you know, all forms of graduation, a little stepping-up ceremony for kids, yep. Yep. Um, the middle school graduations. And like I said, I'm just happy that, you know, they're going to be able to be properly recognized. Let's take a halftime break. When we come back, I have a quick follow-up on education. Then we'll cover some more ground with Atlantic City Mayor Marty Small. And I'll, I'll tease the question. Uh, and we'll come back to it right after the break in uh, just three minutes. Do you foresee, again, it's not, you're not the decider, the Board of Education and the Commissioner of Education, the Governor. There'll be a lot of deciders, but uh, but you certainly are, are a, a huge voice in, in the community and a former educator. So I think even I always would listen to all mayors that would have something to say if it's a separately elected body. But in your case, you were on the board and you, you, you have a little more cred uh, and, and in the field as well. Uh, do you think in your estimation that school, the students and the teachers, administrators, do you see them returning in September to the classroom or do you still see the possibility that remote learning will continue? in Atlantic City and in New Jersey. We'll be back with Atlantic City Mayor Marty Small in just a few minutes. Sean Hannity. What is it about every bill Democrats now propose? They want immigration reform. They want amnesty. They want open borders. They want anybody to be able to vote. Whether you have an ID, you don't have an ID. They're always adding new Green Deal provisions. You know, by the way, they'll say to rebuild America. Yeah, they want basically socialism all across the country. Sean Hannity, weekday afternoons at 3 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, it's Mark Lee and Van Camp. Join us this afternoon at 1. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you very much. 34 minutes past the hour with Atlantic City Mayor Marty Small. Hurley in the morning continues. And, Mayor, right before the break, if folks are just joining the program, we pose the question, uh, does Mayor Small see students, teachers, administrators back in the classroom in September? Do, Do you see 
the either see it or the potential that remote learning could still be taking place. What are your thoughts about that? Well, you know, I'm always give my honest opinion. Um, I don't have any intel um, on the situation, but I'm going to say I don't see it. So you you see remote learning still happening in September? Yes. I I'm, I don't I I mean. If I had to pick between the two, I'd pick that because you have transportation, you have all these spatial issues, uh, you know, and little what little children with face masks on for seven hours. I mean, it's this is tough stuff. So I don't, I don't, um, I, I think that's a um, a pretty logical answer this far out. Now, of course, if this thing abates and if there's not a um, a second wave, which usually with a virus like this there is a second wave, one bit of hope is that it is already mutated a number of times and each time it mutates typically these types of viruses weaken so that's a good sign um but yeah i i, I would i somebody said to me what do you think i I'd, I'd almost i wouldn't bet too much on it but if i got asked pick between two and you can't take a pass i i would pick that it's probably going to be remote as well which is regrettable but i have to say the atlantic city public school system has shined. They got 7,000 Chromebooks in the hands of every single student loaded with six weeks of lesson plans, and that's six school weeks, not six calendar weeks, so that's even more than six weeks. Then they had the ability to reload them with new lesson plans, and for those who didn't have access to the Info Superhighway, they, they put hotspots in for people. One of my concerns, Mayor, but I, I really believe Atlantic City has has achieved quite a result here. Many urban settings in our country, half the children have been lost. They're not going to school. They're just shut down. I don't, you know, I don't even want to say why. Bad parenting, no access to the internet, uh, need, needing more structure, not able to do it. Some, as you know, some students can do phenomenal on their own. And some people need the structure of in the classroom with the teacher, or they're not going to do as well. So the longer that we're remote or distance learning, uh, I think the potential for less quality of, of learning, of educational delivery, uh, unfortunately being the, um, the result of that. What are your thoughts about that statement? Well, um, I had the opportunity to... Um interviewed the commissioner of education on my show, Lamont Rappelet, and that was one of the questions I asked about the reality of loss of learning, the accountability, and where we move forward with standardized testing. And as he stated, the brick-and-mortar education, educational institution wasn't perfect, and that the state, in a quick six weeks, had to deliver a whole new education system, and that couldn't be perfect. And you have to remember, as you talked about the urban, you know, urban centers that, you know, now for the first time, some moms, you know, have to be teaching as well as balancing their work life if they're an essential employee. So there's a lot of factors that come in. So it, it is expected to be some, you know, loss of learning. But, you know, fortunately, you know, we have time to uh, catch up. Um, things are always evolving and 
I'm sure that the district will put the kids in Atlantic City in the best possible position to succeed. 38 minutes past the hour with Atlantic City Mayor Marty Small. Now, it's been clear to everyone, not lost on any of us, is the fact that you are clearly running for re-election as mayor of Atlantic City in the July 7th Democratic primary initially and with with the, the, the hopes of moving on to the uh, November 3rd general election. But you, I understand that you're making it official in the very near future. Can you talk about that? Yes. Um, we're still working on, on some things. Later today, we'll send out a press release. Um, we'll be formally announcing our candidacy. Um, we can't have the traditional announcement as we want. So, um, you know, we produced a, a video that we'll release on my website um, tomorrow, um, either 12 o'clock or 2 o'clock. We're still working on that time. And, you know, we're going to ask the good people of Atlantic City, you know, for their vote. Um, my campaign slogan is, you know, a small plan makes a big difference because when we came in, we always said we had a plan. And our secondary uh, slogan is dream big and vote small because we want you to close your eyes and think and dream of the Atlantic City that you always wanted and know that my administration is going to deliver that Atlantic City that you always want. And, you know, we got things, and I'm going to just brush over a few. Like, um, the the crazy thing, you know, some of my opponents, you know, want to say that, you know, the state tells us what to do, and, and that's not the case. We work with the state. We have to work with the state. But these are things that we got accomplished on our own. Some of this was carryover as my involvement from city council president because I dealt with all of the finances. So I was in on the ground level on a lot of these projects. And, you know, we're seeing it over in my administration. You know, my administration, one of the things that people aren't talking about when you talk about infrastructure, you know, Atlantic Avenue, um, by the end of the year, we're going out um, for bid. Atlantic Avenue is going to be totally redone, paid from, you know, the entire stretch. You know, we're going to have a road diet where now it's four lanes on Atlantic Avenue. Now there's going to be two lanes on Atlantic Avenue with the median in the middle of the road. So we're excited about that. People complained about the Venice Park Bridge. Um, we, we secured monies for the Ohio Avenue Bridge. And we're working on monies for the second bridge. When you talk about the good people down there in Lower Chelsea, um, you know, through the resiliency, we got the bulkheads um, um, approved. Um, the major um, final piece of the boardwalk construction, I was in on that as city council president, will come to completion hopefully by the fall, we're now Caspian Point uh, ties the uh, boardwalk to Gardner's Basin. Um, you know, we have an aggressive street paving program that, um, you know, my administration has selected the streets, which, which is a problem. And look, we had the money street, but that's not we talk about cleaning the impact that we made with the Atlantic Avenue Task Force. You know, we had ward cleanup days twice a month per ward with dumpsters in every ward to make the city uh, clean and safe. Um, we've been working on this issue with uh, with the curfew sirens uh, to bring that back. You know, we've been aggressive. I'm a member of CRDA, and it's happened under my watch as council president as well. We have about a million dollars left to, um, you know, um, demolish buildings. And when you talk about quality of life and being out front in the community, we started this series called An Evening with the Mayor and the Administration, where twice a month, myself and my directors go 
Um, we rotate from wards one, two, and three to four, five, and six, and we just sit down and have conversations with the residents and try to solve their problems. You know, we promised that and we did. The Mayor's Quality of Life series, where we said that we wanted to pick an issue and a topic um, per month to go out in the community to make a difference. Our first one was at ACCC, and um, it was titled Funeral Expenses, because a lot of people, unfortunately, in our community, when they transition, they don't have life insurance. So we had a reputable funeral home. We had someone give a presentation. Um, Kim Holmes from the state, she gave a presentation on like living wills, estates, etc. So, you know, my administration has hit the ground running. You talk about the, the change in City Hall from the way the building looks on the inside and outside to the way that people answer the phone to employee morale things such as employee of the month and city workers night out. You want to talk about fiscal responsibility. I'm the one um, who led the city's finances the last four years for becoming um, becoming mayor. We produced three flat budgets and one tax decrease. Um, when I became mayor, Standard and Poor's and Moody's, Wall Street um, agencies, they gave the city a two-tier upgrade. Um, and one of the things during this time, I didn't want our city workers to stress. It's already you know bad enough. You know We have to look out for loved ones. I made a decision early on without anyone telling me to do so to keep all of the city workers on the payroll because our finances were in such good shape and we couldn't say that four years ago. So all our full-time, part-time, hourly and salary workers are currently working from home and getting paid because we still have to uh, you know, run the government. We still have to deliver services. I started the change in culture in the legal department. There were no, no, no change orders under my watch. So um, we have a more aggressive code enforcement program. And if it wasn't for this pandemic, I was getting ready to announce a tax decrease all while delivering the first uh, small business academy out of the mayor's office. Um, great job to my director of constituent service, Bruce Weeks. Soon as this is over and soon as we allow to get back into a classroom setting, we're going to press the play button, take it off a of pause, and we will have the city's first small business academy, a nine-week curriculum, including funding opportunities for all. So this and more, this is just a little bit of what my administration has done, what we're going to do, including a robust recreation program for youth, adults, and seniors. So this is what I'm all about. Um, you know, I love this city, and, you know, I, I, I just can't wait to uh, take the uh, message and the platform to the voters and asking for another chance for another year to once again to let them know a small plan makes a big difference. Two-minute break, Mayor. We're going to come right back. Don't go away. When we come back, I want to ask you about how the, um, the, the, the spokes of the wheel, the tentacles of government, how are things going? We talk about remote learning, and teachers had to learn how to do so many things that they that wasn't ever involved in their education or in their student teaching, uh, and they, they've done a tremendous job. I think teachers have been complete unsung heroes for how they have completely had to to redo lesson plans they, they were going a whole different approach in many cases and i don't agree with it teaching to tests and i thought it was a very good decision by governor murphy to to stop that uh goofy testing especially when the remote learning was taking place and not the um the classroom instruction i want to ask you as the chief executive officer of atlantic city 
How are things going? I talk to a lot of people. I've talked to people that are realtors. We have an official realtor. She'll be on the program tomorrow. I know she's uh, very, very pleased at the news about the short-term rentals because there's a lot of people that um, that love to take full advantage of the short of the uh, short-term rentals in in the world's playground. I want to ask you: How are things going? How are you servicing clients? Uh, people that need to do business with the various city departments. How is that going when most of it is remote? Uh, we'll get your take on that when we come back in just two minutes with Mayor Marty Small of Atlantic City. Respectfully yours, I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and WPGTalkRadio.com. BBEL.com. From the world's playground. This is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is indeed 10 minutes before the top of the hour with Atlantic City Mayor Marty Small. It is Hurley in the Morning on WPG, which is the acronym for World's Playground, as in Atlantic City, the World's Playground. Mayor, how are things going with um, clients that need to speak to your various service personnel with all the remote stuff that's going on? Uh, how are the functions of government in Atlantic City going? Well, Harry, I think under the circumstances, um, it's going as best as it possibly can. Um, you know, people are still able to get, um, you know, services from the city. You know, our trash and everything is still running. Um, you know, when you call the department, people answer the phone. Our workforce is working from home. And uh, like I said, at this time, I'm, I couldn't be more uh, happy um, for my hardworking staff all of the frontline employees, all of the first responders, um, you know, kudos to you. You're really making the city of Atlantic City shine during these trying times. And I wanted to say something. Um, one of the things that, you know, you're going to start to hear more about that my administration uh, is implementing is a software called GovPilot. It's on the city's website. Now, you know, with this GovPilot software, you know, can empower residents. Um, to report issues to the city from their cell phones, such as a pothole, street lights, and it, it will hold the department of, accountable, and you will get a play-by-play in real time on how your concerns are being handled. And that's, once again, speaking to that acronym-based leadership thing. That's transparency. And far too long, you know, the city of Atlantic City employees um, haven't been held accountable, and the expectation level hasn't risen. And we've done that. So um, that goes to our quote that we lead, um, lead by our leadership team is by Simon Sinek, who is a British-American author, motivational speaking, organizational consultant. And it says, leadership is not about being in charge, but it's about taking care of the people in your charge. And I take that seriously, and that's the residents, taxpayers, businesses, and city employees in the city of Atlantic City. And I couldn't be more proud at this time. Mayor, uh, good stuff. I had not heard that till now. That sounds like an exciting program to give the actual residents, taxpayers, the, the ability to participate. It's one thing if you make a call and, you, ne- you know, you never hear again. Did it ever happen uh, here to have the... Um, Real-time type of uh, access, I think, is very, very exciting, and I look forward to actually seeing that in operation. 
Something that's not lost, I, I think, on a lot of us, and as you know, I'm an Alanxi taxpayer as well, uh, taxes are due with the extension that was granted because there is no grace period. Uh, so June 1st, this Monday, that ends the grace period, correct, Mayor? Yes, you're correct. And that's another <clears throat> proactive approach and a proactive decision that this administration made we already made the decision early on that this is what we're going to do. And then the governor came in with an executive order, um, you know, basically stamping what we already did. So um, we're going to always look out for our hardworking taxpayers. We know this is a tough time, but I have a saying that tough times don't last. Tough people do. And Atlantic City, we will bounce back. I, I would never, because I don't even think it's fair. We haven't even hit the end of this, and there's so many unknowns. But Atlantic City obviously goes from what would have been a tax decrease to what will almost certainly be a tax increase. And we're, we're not unique in that statement. I mean, the state is hemorrhaging cash. I mean, you look at everything. Revenue is down everywhere. The casinos are not paying the amount of taxes they would typically be paying when they're not generating income. Tolls that aren't being collected, that's starting to ramp up a bit, and some of the toll collectors actually uh, are back working. But revenue is going to be down across the board. So a tax increase seems basically unavoidable, inevitable. Well, Harry, I'm not... I'm not claiming that. Okay. Um, you know, we're going to continue uh, to do what we need to do. We are working independent of whatever the state of New Jersey, the governor is doing with uh, Washington. Uh, we have people in Washington that are lobbying on our behalf. You know, we want to get an influx of cash, um, you know, to the city. Um, for the cities of 500,000 people or under, which Atlantic City clearly uh, qualifies for, so there's a lot of different things that we're doing on our own and combined with the state's effort that, um, I, I, I mean, I believe that Washington is going to come through for the state and then that money will trickle down and whatever, you know, we're doing uh, on the city of Atlantic cities. And so I'm, I'm still holding out. I'm not ready to claim a tax uh, increase. Um, uh, by the way, I got I to gotta do this. I have to comment. I love your answer on this. You didn't know that I was coming with that little slurve that I threw at you, slider and curve, for those that aren't baseball fanatics. I threw a slurve at you, and you swatted it away effortlessly. Uh, I love the way you, you came right back with, uh, I'm not claiming that. Here I declare that it looks like a tax increase would be a certainty. You jump all, all over that in a very professional, polite way. I'm not claiming that. And you know what? I think that's very smart on your end because there are a lot of revenue opportunities out there that you don't just have to sit back and accept, well, this was what we lost, so guess what? This is what we're asking for. You're actually looking for ways to make a tax increase not inevitable. Yes, and to use a baseball analogy like you did, her, you know, no matter if the answer is popular or not, I'm going to always tell it like it is, and I'm going to be like the empire. I'm going to call them like balls and strikes as I see them. I like that. We have about a two-minute drill here for a closing comment. Uh, give us a, your look at uh, summer 2020. Eventually, the casinos, they have to open because if they didn't open this summer, 
that would be beyond anything we even want to consider. So I don't know what the date is, but they're going to open. So we'll have a casino uh, industry again. Uh, we're going to have tourists. We're going to have people renting rooms and doing short-term rentals and 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 recreating here uh, down beach. And it's going to happen. To what extent it's going to be a little different remains to, to unfold. But what do you see? I mean, for example, do you think we'll have an air show in August? What are some of the things that you envision for the summer? Well, um, you know, like I said, as a leader, you have to manage expectations because, you know, your constituents are watching, they're listening to every word, you know, more now more than ever during a time of crisis. We don't know what that is going to look like, even when the casinos open, uh, you know, what the social distancing look like, how does it impact restaurants? Because as you know, in the restaurant business is very, you know, minimal profit margin. So if you take, you know, a hundred seats out of someone's dining room, how can they survive? And I know my administration is proactive under Bruce Weeks that we, uh, you know, given all of the information that 1,300 plus small businesses on funding opportunities, you know, as we go along, but the casinos also depend on, you know, non-gaming activities such as concerts. Everyone is in the entertainment business, concerts, restaurants, uh, nightclubs. What does that look like? How does social, how does the rules apply? When are we going to be able to have large gatherings and in, indoors? So it's a, convoluted mathematical equation i mean we're we're hoping you know for success and you know we can't take for granted that even when these casinos open that you know people are going to flock because it's just human nature some people want to wait and see but um i'm wishing everyone the best um you know hopefully we can get open but more importantly we got to do it in a safe manner and keep the employees um health and welfare um, as paramount. Um, we're going to do all we can to support the industry because they're our biggest taxpayer and they provide the biggest amount of jobs. And, um, you know, one thing I know is that we all going to get through this together. We're all going to come through it better than we were before because one thing this has taught everyone is to reevaluate your situation. Things that you thought were important, things that you took for granted. Um, you know, is now in a different space. So remember everyone, we're asking you to remember that a um, small plan makes a big difference and we want you to dream big and vote small. And I'm Mayor Marty Small Senior. Do you, pr- do you approve this message? I got to run. We're at the buzzer. 5 FM and 1450 AM WPGG Atlantic City. WENJ 97.3 HD3 Millville. Brian Cahill one. The president takes on Twitter on Twitter. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. He fired off two more tweets after he was fact-checked by the site. He writes, social media platforms totally silence conservative voices, voices, and we can't allow this to happen. Fox's John Decker, live in Washington. President Trump threatening social media companies with new regulation or even shutting them down after Twitter moved a day earlier to add fact-checks to two of his tweets. On Tuesday, the president wrote that Twitter is now interfering in the 2020 presidential election and is completely stifling free speech, and I, as president, will not allow it to happen. Twitter highlighted two of the president's tweets that claim mail-in ballots would lead to widespread voter fraud, including a message the company has introduced to combat misinformation and disputed or unverified claims. Dave? 
John, the president also tweeted again that it's clear he wrote in all caps the Obama administration spied on the Trump campaign, claiming it makes Watergate look like small potatoes. House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy tells Fox he wants more answers before he can support renewing a FISA surveillance law. They utilized it to go after Americans. Democrats have denied the spying claim and been a probe into Russian possible interference. A night of protests in Minneapolis led to clashes with police. Who fired tear gas and used pepper spray after rocks were thrown and police station and squad car windows were smashed. They're angry over the death of a black man in a struggle with police. Cell phone video shows a white officer kneeling on his neck and George Floyd saying he can't breathe. Just tired of this keep happening and the police getting get away with it. Not, not, nothing's happening. Now four officers have been fired and there's a criminal investigation. SpaceX is readying a historic launch in Florida today. It's the first manned mission with two NASA astronauts. Since the last space shuttle back in 2011, bad weather could postpone it. A tropical storm, Bertha, has just formed off the South Carolina coast. Heavy rain forecast. America's listening to Fox News. Right now, the world feels different as we stay apart to make sure we can safely come back together. Till then, there is something you can do without even leaving your home. Respond to the 2020 census online, by phone, or by mail. The census impacts where hundreds of billions in federal funding will go for things like hospitals, schools, and roads. Now is the time to go to 2020census.gov. It's as easy as it is important. Shape your future. Start here at 2020census.gov. Paid for by U.S. Census Bureau. Work at home. Work out at home. Second period math at home. Date night at home. Lately, we're doing a lot more at home, which means we're doing a lot less driving. With pay-per-mile car insurance from Allstate, you get the same reliable coverage you'd expect, but only pay for the miles you drive. Drive less. Save more with Allstate. Visit Allstate.com or call an agent for a quote. Price also includes a daily rate, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and its affiliates. WBG Talk Radio 95.5 Weather from Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero. For the most part, today looks similar to yesterday. Morning fog, then some clouds. Our high temperature ends up around 73 degrees. With partly to mostly cloudy skies, I think we stay dry during the day. And then a shower is possible late tonight. Probably another round of fog, too. Low of 65. Lots of clouds tomorrow, and again a chance of a shower. High of 74. And then Friday is going to get pretty steamy. High of 78 with a few showers and thunderstorms. That chance of rain will extend into early Saturday morning. I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Vote by mail. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Here we go. It's four minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning. Thank you so much for choosing us. Thanks for spending this portion of your day with us here on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 FM, 1450 AM. Should I keep going? 97.3 HD3, WPGTalkRadio.com. Just hit Listen Live, every page of the website. It's typically, I think, the upper right-hand side, red little speed button tab. Listen Live, click on that. Or any digital device with the um, WPG talk radio app besides that there aren't many ways to listen to the program joining us now is the director of marketing and public relations my broadcasting partner 
and a friend of mine for many, many, many years, going back all the way to uh, his casino career and mine, uh, is Brian Cahill, Director of Marketing and Public Relations for Shore Medical Center. And I'm pleased to report starting this up, it's already almost June, but for, for the month of June on, we'll resume the usual hour that we do with the great doctor and other guests that Brian presents. And we're going to go right back into that. I know for the past couple of months, we've done an abbreviated edition with Brian, who will be here with us for the first segment today with a very important topic that if you've been listening to the program, you know I have talked about this more than any other member of the media in our marketplace, and I've written about it more than any other member of the media in our marketplace. And that is the um, the revenue lost to our local community hospitals during the coronavirus uh, era and how the distribution of this very, very generous federal funding has been handled. And we wrote a whole piece, for example, on the uh, just always considered it very arbitrary that April 12th, hey, if you've had at least 100 uh, COVID-19 patients by April 12th, then you shall receive millions of dollars. But if you've had 99 or less, because Shore Medical Center, not long after that, had over 100. And let's not forget, in the early going, there was no testing. So they were treating COVID-19 patients. We now know as early as October, uh, not, not February or March, that there were COVID-19 patients. So they had people presenting with, with a virus and symptoms and they were treated, but they weren't included. So there, there's a lot here. And Brian joins us now to talk about this and anything else that he'd like to uh, chat about in our opening segment. Then we're going to go to your calls at 609-407-1450. Brian, with that preamble, welcome to Shore Medical Center Presents. Oh, hey, hey thanks a lot. That was a, it was a wonderful introduction. And also, just uh, on behalf of everybody at the hospital, you know, thank you for the articles that you've done and uh, helping to get the word out. There's, there's been a lot happening within the last uh, month on this. And uh, one, of the things that, one of the things that's come to be is we, we had uh, uh, Jeff Andrew really has uh, stepped up incredibly, and he has uh, you know, met with the folks at, at HHS on our uh, Health and Human Services on behalf of, of uh, Sure, and they had said that uh, uh, they had received so many calls from uh folks in South Jersey, that um, the, the hospitals there really must mean something to those communities. Uh, we had asked uh, folks to contact uh, Cory Booker's office and Robert Menendez's office, and both of them said the same thing. They said, geez, you know, the, the emails, the phone calls, the voicemails that left from the people of South Jersey on behalf of uh, Short Medical Center and, and also on behalf of, of Cape Regional um, was, was really incredible. So, you know, it's and Brian, let me say because there's not there's not enough time to get everything in it you want to say, and we've written thousands of words on this topic, and I've spoken even more about it. I mentioned David Hughes, and earlier in the program, his leadership has been tremendous at his level uh, as a senior executive at Shore Medical Center. He has just been expertly navigating through all of this. But in fairness, nobody's begging for anything. I mean, the government told hospitals you're shut down. You can't do elective surgeries. You can't do all these things that you do that enable you to serve your community. And you're all in on coronavirus, COVID-19, the virus and the disease. And so 
when they're going to come through with this type of recognition in the form of funding because they say hey look we know you've been doing only this and this is very injurious in terms of your bottom line i never liked that uh that hundred at arbitrary hundred by april 12th i never understood that brian that just did not compute with me well i don't think it's ever been explained fully so no. um, you know we, and, and that's what uh you know, a lot of our, our representatives have, have uh, gone to bat fighting for us on but the but the bottom line, like you said, is is that uh, sure, and, and I'll and I'll mention uh, Cape also. We did what the government asked us to do. We shut down uh, non-emergent services, and for sure, uh, by the end of May, we're projecting uh, a loss uh, and expenses related to COVID uh, close to twenty-four million dollars by the end of May. So, when you compare that number, right? So twenty-four million dollars, and it's a lot of money. Huh. Um, we looked at there's an article in the New York Times yesterday that there's a, a large health system, nonprofit health system called uh, Providence, and they received almost ten million dollars for each of their fifty one hospitals. Uh, they had put in there that uh, they had projected to lose two hundred seventy six million as a result of the pandemic. That number seems very high, and it is. But when you break it down with by fifty one hospitals, that only comes out to five million per hospital. At sure. Over the last two and a half months, we're at $24 million. Yeah. That's, not- that's why I've always believed this needed to be proportionate to reality, not, not this arbitrary way that they looked at it, because you're right. Look at the disproportionate reality to one hospital versus any one that you would pick in that larger group that was five times smaller uh, in, in terms of the loss. So that, and then again, when you see winners and losers, if your hospital group was going to lose two hundred and seventy-eight million, but they're giving you five hundred and some million, you're actually coming out of it a winner. <laughs> yeah, huge winner. Uh, you look at two, um, and you know this is the reality of what's going on. Sure, in the non-clinical areas, you know we've, we've had to uh, furlough workers. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had management take pay cuts. Um, you know on the, on the the lowest side management's fifteen percent. The high side up to to uh, to Ron Johnson's. Ron's take a thirty five percent pay cut. These are massive sacrifices that uh, people are making. Uh, and and, then- and Brian, speaking of massive sacrifices, in the course of the past couple of months, women weren't getting breast screenings. People weren't getting colonoscopies. People weren't being checked for other cancers and things. There there is a price to pay for the fact that all of these services were shut down. Well, we, well, but certainly we don't want anybody to put their health on hold. Uh, one thing I did want to get to, and then but I... But you know, you know what I mean by that, though. You couldn't do it. Uh, I'm actually due for a colonoscopy, and there was no way to do it over the past couple of months. I'm, I'll get it in, but that I don't want to gloss over that point. There are people out there that they've been forced to put their own health issues on hold because if it's considered elective then you couldn't you couldn't do anything about it brian well and and one thing uh van drew had uh, excuse me uh, jeff van drew uh, said that um yeah and it was an article he, he was interviewed for the press and he said you know just because the word is elective doesn't mean it's not important you know <laughs> these are these are things that have been uh um uh health things that you know wasn't related to covid or wasn't um you know, a life or death at that particular time. 
but these are there's a lot of people who have health issues that everybody's been, uh, put off and, and and not getting things done that they would normally do. So um, you know now at the time uh, elective surgeries uh, were allowed started yesterday, uh, which was uh, yes. May twenty sixth. Uh, yeah, so these are and 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 we uh, performed surgeries yesterday, so people are um, it's a and it's a good thing. People are not putting their health on hold, and and uh, they're not delaying their health care. They're 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 calling their their. No, doctor. no, no. What I meant was they're not now, but I don't. There's we don't have a split decision here. I'm saying for two months when you couldn't do what you usually do, people had to wait until you could do it again. So what you're saying is the. Um, what I'm saying is that for for nine weeks. If if it's like if your favorite restaurant is closed for nine weeks, you can't go there. If it opens this week, you can go again. You couldn't get these services that were not available. Uh, meant people had to wait before they could get those services. You get what I'm saying, don't you? Yeah, yeah. No, I understand what you're saying, yeah. and, and and I wonder. Yeah, it's not it's not a it's not a criticism of Shore Medical Center. It's it's a reality that you got shut down. In everything, basically, other than dealing, and it's understandable. It's a it's a global pandemic, but but of course, there's all these different losses, including the people didn't have the ability to do certain things they would have been doing. People couldn't go to their dentist for the past two months until yesterday was the first day. Uh, so I'm saying that beyond everything else, there's an accumulation effect here. Now that people are going to be able to to go out and get their blood work again and their routine screenings and different things, uh, people with heart conditions and different things. So it's um, it's about time. I'm very happy about the fact that people can get the service again that they need. That was the point I was making. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, and I understand the there's um, it's it's been a very difficult time. So um, and we'll talk about like the what are the ramifications going to be, you know, short-term and, and, and long-term? And you hope that, uh, you know, folks having to put off important screenings that they would normally be able to do, um, it, it hopefully, yeah. you know, that doesn't have a negative effect. You know, so, so I certainly get it. Um, well, you figure in some cases it'll just be, oh, it would have been nice to know this two months ago, but we're on it now, and it might not be that big a deal. In some cases... It, it it I mean I'm not going to cite any specific example, but just it only stands to reason that we always talk about early detection. So if something goes two more months, or right now it's getting close to two and a half months, and now you can get back in the game, uh, that's not a good thing any way you look at it. But it was our reality. Yeah, you know it's it's um, and I don't know, this may be a little off topic, but that, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the, one of the things that that we do uh, work with, we work with the state and we work with the county on um, uh, screening programs for people who are uninsured and and uh, uninsured. It's called the uh, SEAT program, and uh, the, the person who runs that program I was just meeting with her uh, last week, and we said, how are we going to be able to educate and um, you know because we can't go to a health fair, uh, we we can't physically go to um, offices and. You can't physically go to a school right now, right? So uh, the, the screening uh, concept is going to be a challenge. How do we, uh, and the education about it, how do we get out into the community to educate people to get screenings so, uh, you know, they don't put off uh, a colonoscopy, for example? Exactly. Or, 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 well, I'll tell you what I loved, Brian. I'm a patient. So I received this wonderful communication 
that introduced me to all the safety protocols that I'll be met at my car, my temperature will be taken, a COVID-19 test will be done, uh, that you'll be brought in so there's not a wait uh, in, in a public area. You'll be brought in and taken basically directly uh, to, to the treatment room, uh, the screening room, whatever the, um, the service might be. The communication, Brian, from Shore Medical Center has just been terrific. Have you enjoyed the um, the healthcare hero stories? Oh my gosh, Brian, your 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 brand. I mean, all the de- the neat things that you put up. I'm a huge fan. I love your work, and I love the uh, the communication. I love the 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 um, Shore Medical Center social media presence. Yeah, yeah, I've seen I've seen it all, Brian. I see all the people being recognized as the heroes that they are. Incidentally, every chance I get, I try to bring out something. Because it's terrible. People have died. People have been made sick. It's horrible. Uh, but at the same time, there's a focus now on heroes that didn't really get their due. Nurses and doctors and other providers and police and fire and EMS. Uh, so there is a recognition to the heroes out there in a way that this brought into focus, I believe. It's... it's uh... You know, like I said, like like you just said, there a very difficult time, and there's a lot of uh, you know people suffering. But through that, there are some good stories that are coming out. And um, you know, one of the things that that really isn't talked about, and we haven't had chance, I haven't had a chance to put it uh, on our Facebook page yet, but the work that's being done in the hospital uh, because we because we have a no visitor uh, policy right now, the the nurses and doctors are using um, FaceTime. Uh, making sure that the patients are able to talk with, uh, you know, family members who can't visit them right now. And there's so many touching stories. Um, even uh, a, f- a friend of mine was at, uh, and I won't mention his name, but uh, recently passed at our at our hospital. And in in his final, you know, his last moments, our our doctors and nurses were able to use, you know, the iPads that we have to uh, communicate with his with his wife and. Um, you know, it's it's things like that. I don't want to say little things because that's a big thing, but it's it's things like that that the doctors and nurses are 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 doing right now to uh, to make sure that that our that our patients know that their their family members are are there for them, and the family members know um, you know that that the, that the uh, patients are, are 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 hanging in at the hospital. Brian, that's so huge because everybody listening can just feel and imagine the pain of someone that's not doing well that may actually pass away and you can't even be there with them so having at least the opportunity through a video conference to be able to see each other and i'm sure they had the opportunity to say goodbye or whatever they did with that last visit um so profound uh and what it's doing is it's making the best out of an impossible circumstance yeah and 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 that's the that's the type of thing when um, we we launched the Shore Healthcare Heroes campaign about two months ago, and you know it's it's those things that really set the um, staff at Shore apart from 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 others, and it's uh you know it's those those extra things that that our doctors and nurses and clinical staff do to um, to care for the patients. All right, Brian. Here's what I have to do because you're a talk show host now, so you know I'm a few minutes late, probably cut just a couple minutes late for the break. 
Are you staying for one more segment? Or are you going to wrap it up? I want to put you on the spot, throw it to you. I know we're going to reconvene on Wednesday, June 24th with our usual hour, and we'll do the nice, um, you know, the guests and everything that we're, you know, that we're so many years used to doing. Uh, are you staying for a little bit more? Or are you going to sign off now? Let me turn it over to you to decide. Well, I, I guess I can stay a little more if it's okay. How, how many yeah. more minutes you got? Yeah, well, we'll go to the bottom of the hour. Hold on. Let's get the break in, and then you and I will go to the bottom of the hour, and then we'll have open forum for our listeners for the rest of the program, which I've advertised. It'll work out great. Brian Cahill, Director of Marketing and Public Relations for Shore Medical Center, our community hospital. This is an abbreviated edition of Shore Medical Center Presents. We'll be back in three minutes with Brian. Early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. 